y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. As you may notice, I skipped a day before we ended up, ended um, Women's Empowerment Month by, honestly, yesterday I was so exhausted, and I just hadn't had a chance to get into editing this particular episode, and I wanted to end with her because Rebecca King Cruz is amazing. If you're not familiar with who she is, Google her husband. Her husband is Terry Cruz. C-R-E-W-S. He is on Brooklyn 991. He is also on um, America's Got Talent. He's the host of that. He was on White Chicks. He's on multiple things. And so Rebecca came on and she talked about what it was like to be a woman in the entertainment industry, what it meant to hold true to her values and the decisions that both her and her husband made about raising their family. So I thought this was a really great episode to end on and look for some some more amazing episodes coming up. And I cannot wait for the education to kick off and the first person off on the education you're going to be amazed and you're going to absolutely love him because he is amazing. So, you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. I am extremely honored to have Rebecca King Cruz on today. But before we get into this, you know, this month I'm going live with Women Appreciation, Women's History Month. And I wanted to share a quote that I think kind of embodies what we're going to be talking about today, Rebecca. And it's by Ella Fitzgerald. Um, It says, don't just give up trying to do what you really want to do. Where there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong. And I think that kind of embodies what you've done because you put aside for a while your music career and your career to raise your family and then you've come back into trying on your own now so welcome to the show be able to hear the quote that i talked about before we first started yes about not giving up about trying something that you want to do yes and that think that embodies your whole life am i correct absolutely you know, I started my career at 42 years old <laughs> and um, had to remind myself that it's never too late and that there's nothing impossible. Yeah. So why did you decide to start your career at 42? Because honestly, you know, most people, well, I actually started this Chats from the Block Cabin at age 51. So I know where you're talking about, about recreating yourself. But why did you want to start at age 42? I I have been a songwriter since I was a little girl, but um, I put it off to raise my family. Uh, I I spent many years performing in bands and choirs and theater and dance concerts up until I was 23 years old, uh, majoring in theater and 
all I did was perform. And uh, when I met my husband, I just felt like I found the person that I was supposed to be with. And uh, he felt the same way. <laughs> and uh, he had been drafted into the NFL. And I said, there he is, and I must go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I became uh, committed to my motherhood and my wife role. And though I continued to write and perform in the church, um, that was my only outlet musically was in the church. And I just raised my kids until we came to Hollywood. And once we got here, I started to feel that burning again to go back into performing and writing and producing. And uh, that's what I did after the birth of my, really after the birth of my fourth child, but after the birth of the fifth child is when we did the TV show. Wow, fifth child. I can't even imagine. I have three girls. So what, do you have boys and girls? I have four girls and the baby is a boy. I feel you with the girls. I hope they're, are they kind of close in age or are they kind of spread apart? Yes. My kids are all about three years apart, but then I did have a big gap between what we call the top two and the bottom three. I have an eight year gap. Oh, wow. So let's talk about so why. My oldest child is 34. My youngest child is. Your oldest child is 30. Okay. So you said your oldest child was, did I hear correctly? 34? Yes, yeah, she's 34. Uh, she has an 11 year old daughter. So that's our only grandbaby. And then my baby is my only boy. He's 15. Wow. I, I, you don't look old enough to have a child at th that's 34 years old. Yes, I, I do. I was a young mom. Uh, I had her at 21. And then she had her daughter at 22. So I was a young mom and a young grandma. Yeah. So let's talk about being a woman in the in the women and in the entertainment industry. What is that like? Wow, um, it's a business like any business. Um, much is made of all of the superfluous things that go on in the entertainment industry, and that's sadly because we have a media that um, feeds on the bottom of the barrel. And so the people that get attention in our industry are the people who are having a rough time. Uh, it's a great business. There are a lot of wonderful, stable, hardworking people who show up every day and do their jobs and make all the great entertainment that we see today. So let's talk about your, your show. What's your show called for those that don't know? Well, uh, Family Cruise, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Sure, Fam Family Cruise was a project that uh, BET Networks came to us about and uh, said they wanted a wholesome family show on their network. And uh, the casting director for uh, talent relations was a lady named Robbie Reed, who was a friend of mine. And she approached us about it. And we, after much deliberation, we said yes. And we had a really wonderful time. They were very cohesive and very thoughtful and really looked out for my family as we did that show. And it 
turned out to be the kind of programming that we were very proud of. Well, that's good because most of the time when you do like a reality show or, or anything that centers around family, you don't always get the big, the, all, the whole picture of who the person is. And I love the fact that you're already talking about um, your faith already in the very beginning of our conversation. So was that a lot on your show as well? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I was very adamant with the producers that we not be censored um, in that part. And they were well aware of our faith as the, the lady who called us is a woman of faith. And they gave us some really great female um, faith-based producers who just were awesome. They just wanted to create that beautiful picture of a modern American family who just happened to have a famous actor dad. And um, they, they treated us very well. Now, for those that don't know, I know who your husband is, but for those that don't know, who is your husband? <laughs> My husband is actor Terry Crews, and you would know him from Everybody Hates Chris, uh, White Chicks, and he's recently on a show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he is the host of America's Got Talent on NBC. Wow. And so what does that mean? What does the role, because you said that you stepped back and let your husband pursue his career and you took care of the family. What did that role look like? Has it kind of switched now that you're trying to pursue your career? Has it kind of maneuvered or now that your kids are older, you don't, everybody doesn't need to be home quite so often as much. Yeah, we, we have taken turns to some degree. There are times that he's not as busy, uh, but for the most part, we have a little bit of help. You know, mommy has some, help with cleaning the house and all that now. And the kids are bigger. I have three adult children who are out of the house now, two teens still at home and uh, working, both working in the entertainment industry. So um, it's easier for me to do some things I want to do because I don't have to be around them constantly. Uh, and they're very supportive of that. And so you've taken this and you've actually taken it and you've, kind of made a persona called Regina Madre. Let's talk about her. Yes. Who is she? <laughs> well, I did this primarily because I faced discrimination in the music industry because of being a uh, particular color, partly. Uh, also because of being um, uh, a light-skinned female, you know, in an R&B music industry, sometimes there's a little bit of the reverse going on where if an artist is not African-American, sometimes R&B stations won't play them. Uh, and then also, I'm not, you know, 17 or 22. I'm a grown woman. And many labels and music industry executives don't want to be bothered with an artist who is not young and pretty. <laughs> and so um, I decided as a mature female to just take my music by the horns and put it out by myself. And once I was able to get a budget together and hire radio promotion and, you know, PR, I just did as much as I could to promote my own music. And we're just making traction one single at a time. I just love that. So what's your very first um, album? I actually saw, I've been holding on. Was that the one, the one that you wrote? Is that the current one out? 
So I actually looked that up on YouTube and I loved it. Thank you. That was my first radio single and the first song I got placed on radio. And even the radio promoter did not know who I was. I kept my identity hidden. I did not put my photo on the, on the record. And the, the managerial uh, director I was working with, I told him, you cannot even tell these radio guys that it's me. So the promoter was putting my music out with a photo of me in a big black hat and a black coat. And the gentleman and I had actually had some other business prior. So after the record was getting radio play, I called him up and I said, guess who? <laughs> <laughs> who is Regina Madre? Um, and he, he was thrilled because he liked the record, but he, he liked the way I snuck it in, you know? <laughs> Do you think you had, is that something that, you think most artists have to do is kind of sneak, sneak it in because of the discrimination? Um, I think there can be many reasons why an artist hides their identity. There are many artists who have not put their photos on their projects for various reasons. Um, many. There are DJs who appear with a mask on or with a helmet on. Some people are, you know, have stage fright. They're camera shy. Um, other people have been told that they're not pretty or they're not attractive or, you know, one famous singer, she was plus size. And at the time, you know, everybody looked like a model, mm -hmm. a skinny model. And so when they put her record out, though her name was on the record, uh, her photo is of her looking down with a hat on. And you never really see what she looks like until you see the music video. And she's this beautiful plus size African-American mm -hmm. singer who is a big star today, by the way. Yeah, and, um, I know who they, you're talking about. They, yeah, and I think, but they, the record labels probably felt in the era of the video and the video model that she might not get a fair shot. Wow. So they kind of, you know, did what they thought they had to do. And I love the fact that you said that um, you... So, I love the fact that you said you hid her, your identity. Do you think it's not only because of the discrimination, because you didn't want to actually use your husband's name to get ahead as well? Was that part of it? Uh, partly because partly, but mostly it was because of the age discrimination. Mm. You understand there's a very big discrimination in our business, both in Hollywood and in the record industry against women a certain age. Even women who have been stars, once they reach those ages, the labels start going, mm, we're going to drop them, you know? So do you ever feel like, even now that you're putting these out, that somebody's going to come back and say, we're not going to play you anymore, or we're not going to do, or is it because of the age of the internet, you're pretty okay with it? I think that once people fall in love with the music, they don't care how old you are. Um, Tina Turner was 40 or 41 years old when What's Love Got To Do With It was number one in the country. Uh, Sia was 41 or 42 when Chandelier went number one. So a lot of, a lot of times um, people who have enough courage to just say, hey, it's a great song and the rest of that crap doesn't matter they find that the young and the old, they just appreciate good music. 
And it's, you know, it's really in our country that we're obsessed with the young. In many, many other countries, um, older singers are revered and they have young fans. Uh, Celia Cruz was still doing concerts up until the day she died. She was in her 80s. And she was loved and adored by young, young people in her country. Mm -hmm. So where do you get your inspiration for your songs? Well, like most singers, um, I write from a place of personal pain, uh, personal loss and heartache. Um, I do tend to write a lot of sad songs, I will confess, <laughs> which is odd considering I'm a, I'm a believer and, you know, live with a spirit of faith and hope. But I write about the pain that we go through, you know. I write about losing a baby. I write about losing a husband or a father. Um, I write about breakups in relationships and makeups in relationships and all the ways in which we interact with each other that are hurtful and, and don't show up um, in the news or in the tabloids, but the little things, you know. Um, I wrote a song called Fairy Tale that'll be released later this year that is about a woman coming into her own and discovering that her life is not a fairy tale. And then taking ownership of her life and realizing she has to make herself happy. And that's every woman's song. I don't know a woman over 50 who hasn't identified with that moment. And when I wrote the song, it was for a friend because she was going through it. And then 10 years later, I was going through it. But it's a great song and it just shares a universal uh, female experience of identifying the source of your own happiness. Yeah, and that is so true. I mean, a lot of women wrap themselves up into their family, their self-worth into their family, what their husband does, and they really don't have a lot of things for themselves. So I applaud you for actually just keeping on, even while you're raising your family, writing and, and being involved in the church choir and having something for yourself. Yeah. My involvement in the church and in the ministry was a really great a tool for me to keep my talents alive. And it also provided me with a way to serve, to find meaning, uh, you know, in helping others. And I come from a background of service to others. Both my parents and my grandparents were in ministry of some sort. You know, my mother was a singer and a businesswoman, actress, but she gave all that up to raise a family. And she never forgot back. She was always helping other people. I can remember the day we brought foster kids home. I remember the day we brought in mothers and wives who'd been abused and had to be taken away from their homes. And they stayed with us for periods of time, you know. And um, I never wanted to be a, particularly a, just a stay-at-home mom. But the nature of my marriage was that we moved a lot. My husband was on seven different teams in the NFL. So it wasn't likely I was going to start some career somewhere and then just have to uproot. So I held the family down. And in the meantime, I would serve and use my gifts. And it was a very rewarding and very satisfying time for me. Now, it looks like it all built up to being able to go out on your own. When you decided to go out as Reg Regina Madre, um, 
what did your family say? Did they say, mom, go for it, honey, go for it. Or did they say you're crazy or what did they, what was their reaction when you said, okay, I'm going to do this. Oh, they were all supportive. Um, I think the only person that had a problem might've been little Isaiah cause he was so little. He was probably four or five when mommy started auditioning and I started going to the studio and he got a nanny. He was my first baby to really have a nanny. So he probably was the only person who would would care, but he doesn't seem to be bothered by it now. He's 15 now. Yeah, of course not, because the teenagers, they really don't want, you know, they don't want mom with them all the time. So I get that. Now, we do have a question. It says, right. what, do you, what do you say to the young moms who feel like they're giving up what they dream of for themselves? Sorry. There, we have a question. It says, what do you say to the young moms who feel like they're giving up what they dream of for themselves? I, I think there's a part of you as a mother that has the inclination to make a sacrifice. Uh, I remember when I was a young mom and I had my first daughter in the middle of you know, college, uh, I didn't want to put her on the back burner and try to go to New York and make it on Broadway. I didn't want to drag her with me. I wasn't going to drop her with my mom, you know, and there were people who told me, maybe you should uh, put her up, you know, and give her to a better family or whatever. But that just didn't never sat right with me. I said, I made this baby and I brought her in the world and um, I deserve to be happy but so does she. Mm. And in my opinion, it would have been a selfish thing to take her on some crazy ride <laughs> as a little girl. And, you know, the theater world isn't um, the safest or the stablest place to raise children. And um, I just said, maybe one day I'll get to do this. We'll see. Um, I had no idea I'd marry a man who would become an entertainer <laughs> and that I would actually fulfill a bigger dream than the one I had originally. Um, so it's worked out for the good, you know? So what was the bigger dream then? Well, you know, my dream was to perform on Broadway. Um, and so if you're in a show, you might perform for maybe two to 3,000 people every night, right? Some of those theaters hold 1,000 people, 800 people, 500 people. And when I calculated the amount of viewers that I had every week on the family cruise, it was 100,000 times over the amount of people I would have performed for on Broadway had I done 10 years of Broadway. So I just jokingly say God made it up to me by putting me on TV. <laughs> <laughs> he rewarded you <laughs> for that. Now, let's I, talk I, I feel that. So what do you say to little girls that want to go into the inter entertainment industry, that want to be on stage or want to be in the music industry or want to be on television or in the movies? What do you say to them? Well, I can't say I've met a whole lot of little girls. The ones I can think of are my kids who are doing it. Um, be true to yourself. Don't let this industry, you know, turn you into someone you're not. 
um, hold your values. Don't cave way to your values for the sake of a show or a role or a part. Um, and be clear that it's what you really want. Because there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of no's. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, sure. There are some things that I gave up on because I got tired of the rejection. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't need this. You know, blah. I was auditioning for commercials. Mm -hmm. And I got a few too many bad experiences or people being rude or, you know, driving two hours and it's the wrong day. I said, for the gas and the babysitter. I won't make enough on this commercial to make up for the trouble I went through. <laughs> I called the lady. I said, I don't want to go out for commercials anymore. <laughs> but that's where you cut your teeth. You know, that's how you start. So it wasn't worth it to me because the cost was greater than what I thought I was going to gain, you know. Now, I will have to ask a question. Um, how have you managed to keep your family and stuck in those values that you were um your christian values and keep your marriage alive during in the entertainment industry because you know there's some tough stuff out there and there's a lot of things how have you managed to kind of be sheltered your family from some of that exposure a lot of it is due to the fact that we made a choice to live in a quiet little suburb of la we 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 pointed out that we don't really live in LA because we have a family structure that allows um, mommy to kind of create the normal while daddy did the superstar stuff. And then once mommy started to go out with daddy, then we started to pull the kids in and then they, they came on the red carpet with us or we did the show together. And then they grew up to know it as just a business. You know, we don't, party every single event because it's the hot event everything we go to is work related so if we're at a premiere it's because terry's in the movie or isaiah's in the project or maybe we're supporting someone we know you know we we we're not caught up in the accoutrement of hollywood mm -hmm. you understand because it is a business it's a work environment. And there are people whose whole goal is to get famous so they can have all the accoutrements. Uh, I think you must have gotten a call or a text because you went mute. <laughs> you started talking. Are you, can you hear me? Hi there. Hi. I had my phone on do not disturb, but for some reason a call came through. Hold on. Yeah. Let's put that back on. Okay, there we go. And um, so we've just never been caught up in all of that. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that my husband kept his head about himself and um, allowed us to be a pretty normal family. And the fact that you kept so strong in your Christian values, too. Like you said, you're already in the church, but... The fact that you used, even on your show, you were like, this is what we want. This is what we're going to stand for. You didn't bend your values. That must have been very hard to take a stand and say, pass up on some projects that just weren't value, you know, aligned with your values. Let's talk about that. 
Yeah. Well, again, it's important to choose projects um, that you don't have to regret later. Mm. And um, I just think that's key. And while there are some pictures that I've done that many Christians might think are too provocative, I did a fitness uh, swimsuit shoot for a magazine years ago. And, you know, who are religious, uh, I was not right to do that. But I thought it was a very tasteful photo. You know, it's not like I was doing anything provocative. I'm just standing there with my hand on my hip, you know, showing off my muscles that I had gained after baby number five. And um, so you, you have to make a decision about what's key for you before you go in the room, not after. You, you know, you have to say to yourself, this is who I am and this is what I represent and be willing to live and die by that. Um, and if you choose to go against one of your principles, you better have a good reason. You know, if you feel there's a valid reason to do a certain thing, you need to be able to hold your own with that and not care what anybody thinks. I love that. So basically you have to have a really strong sense of, you know, self, self-confidence or a really strong self-esteem to know what your values are and to line up with them. Correct. Sorry. What was the last bit of that? To, to, you have to have a really strong sense of self-esteem because Hollywood could beat you down and the entertainment business can beat you down. If you're like, Oh, she's too fat. Or are you talking about your particular picture where they said it was too provocative? You have to be very confident in yourself and, and who you are, correct? Right. Well, you have to, I think you have to bring to the table who you are. You know, Melissa McCarthy is not a skinny girl, but she knows what she brings to the table. Um, and there are a lot of women who have chosen uh, to allow who they are to become their brand, you know? And the truth is that we need all kinds of people represented in film and television. Not in real life, everybody's not Cindy Crawford, you know? Everybody's not Brad Pitt. And the more normal we are on screen, the more real television and film is for us and more, uh, the more people can identify with those characters. And great writers and producers understand that and they write according to that. And that's why we see more shows with this more wide variety of people being displayed. Now we did have a question. Somebody wants to know what's your morning routine look like since you have a 15 year old and you're kind of like, you're, you're doing your music now. What is, what does your typical day look like? Well, it, it depends on the day. Um, today was a, a set day. We had to come to set. Uh, Isaiah is on set five days a week, but I split the job with my oldest daughter. So on the days that I come to set with him, I'm up at 5 a.m. And I do prayer, meditation. Um, I listen to something encouraging while I put my makeup on. Uh, either maybe a Bible study or a motivational speaker or a podcast. Um, I have a little coffee. Uh, and we drive because <laughs> we're in L.A. where the traffic is 
you know, challenging, although it's less challenging now because of the pandemic, less cars on the road. But we drive and then we get here and I answer emails and handle my business while working on school and working on rehearsals. Like right now, as you can see him here in his trailer and he's at rehearsal right now working on a scene for this week's episode. And typically I'd be in there watching. And um, on a day that I'm not at set with my son, I get up a little later, like six. And me and my assistant are working on my clothing designs and my music. And my husband and I are launching a book that will be out next month. So we're shooting promotional videos for the book. And so we just handle all things that are Rebecca Cruz business. And um, I'm in bed by about 8.30 and 9 o'clock every night. <laughs> You sound like you have a really busy life. You have a clothing design business. Let's talk about that. What was that something you always wanted to do or is this something that, Hey, you know what? Let me try doing it. No, I, I think I was born to a fashionista. Uh, as a little girl, I used to draw beautiful clothing. Uh, I can't draw worth a lick anymore. Uh, but I've always loved fashion. And I even worked for many years as a hairstylist. So I've always loved the beauty industry um, and just have always dreamed of having a clothing and beauty line. So we're designing some ladies clothing, handbags, shoes, um, outerwear and uh, cosmetics. And when is that so going to be pulling together prototypes? We're pulling together items. We're looking to launch in the fall. Um, the first collection will be a limited collection for the holiday. And then we hope to expand after the first year. Wow. And then you talked about writing a book too as well. Wow. That's amazing. What's the book going to be about? Yes, we, we did. We actually wrote the book right before the pandemic and it's an audio book. It's exclusive with audible. And it's out now for pre-order and it will launch officially April 15th. And what's the name of the book? Sorry. What's the name of the book? Oh, the name of the book is Stronger Together by Terry Cruz and Rebecca King Cruz. How faith, fame, faith, how fame, failure, and faith transformed our marriage. Oh wow! I can't wait to listen to it. Are you guys? So you guys so are actually go to Audible and do you guys? Did you guys do the audio for it? Oh, it looks like we froze. She's froze again. Let's see if she comes back. Did you guys do the the audio? Did you take turns? Hi. Reading parts of the book. Did you take turns? Yes, reading parts it's conversation. Yes, the book is conversational. So we go back and forth sharing our story. And then we have a comment. There's, it says there's my uh, oldest, my, my oldest daughter is coming to relieve me because uh, we are splitting the shift today. <laughs> so we she, have a comment. She's the one who doesn't want to be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's coming real quick. It's like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> 
Um, we do have a comment that says, Rebecca is super talented. I love this interview and wish her and her family continued success. So before we hop off, there's two things I want to ask you. One is your favorite Bible verse, since you are so into, so you're so faith-based, your favorite Bible verse, the one you go to when you really need that inch of strength. I will tell you, this has been my favorite verse since I was a teenager. And it's in Psalms. Please forgive me because I can't remember which Psalm it is, but it's, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. Mm -hmm. And I have tried to live by that mantra where I seek the Lord in prayer about decisions that I make um, from whether to go into a certain business with a certain person or who to marry. Um, I pray about all those decisions. Sometimes I ask God to help me pick an outfit in the morning. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but... Um, that has been my life first, and I have found that God is ever faithful to answer that prayer and to guide me when I ask. I love that. Is there one last thing that you would like to leave um, about anything that you want to say? No, I just am thankful to be on the show with you, um, Melissa. It's just great to see you doing your mom thing as well. And um, hope that you just continue to have good success with your, with your blog. And um, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you to your fans. Everyone, you can follow me everywhere that says um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Rebecca King Cruz or Regina Madre. Both of those handles are, are both me. And uh, just follow me to stay posted on what we're doing. You can also look up the music on reginamadremusic.com uh, and there'll be new music coming. There's more music coming. So keep an eye out for new songs. So between the book and the songs and the brand, mommy is going to have a busy year. <laughs> <laughs> Which mommy deserves to have a busy year after all those years of putting everybody else first. It's time mommy comes first, right? Yeah, well, I hope so. I don't think mommy ever comes first. Yeah, I don't think so either. But she tries. Yeah, she, right, mommy? Yep. She's not. So, Rebecca, I want to yeah. thank you so even much. as I was uh, launching the music. You said even though when you were launching the music and then you froze. Oh, sorry. Just saying that my son got cast on the show as I was launching the music. So then I still had to pivot to help him. Moms always pivot, don't we? So, Rebecca, I want to thank you yes, so much. Do. I want to thank you so much for being on today. And I am truly honored that you agreed to come on. I mean, it really means a lot to me to know that there's especially there's strong, still strong women in faith out there because a lot of times in the, in the entertainment industry, you don't see that. So continue to be a shining light for everybody. Oh, thank you, Melissa. Thank you so much. We're trying. We're, we got our bulbs bright. We're trying to keep them burning. Yep. So once again, Rebecca, thank you. And guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin.
Bye. Y'all, I hope you really enjoyed this episode with Rebecca King Cruz. I actually felt so honored that she would actually agree to come on the podcast. Um, I got so many amazing feedback from her being on and from other people that I've had on. If there's ever any episode that you want on somebody on or a particular subject that you want to talk about, let me know because I'm always looking to find interesting people to, to have a conversation with. Even if it's you, just drop me a link. Um, drop me a little note, chats in the blog cabin, or you can, adventures of frugal mom, adventures frugal mom at gmail.com. And I would be happy to chat with you to find out what's going on. Um, actually during the course of the time that this particular episode I was recording, I was also recording to be featured on another podcast. So I can't wait for you guys to hear about that when it comes out. I will drop it in the show notes. But first of all, and foremost, I want to thank you for sticking with me for the Women Empowerment series. It was a very long series, and frankly, I'm exhausted by it all. There were some days where I was doing two to three interviews a day because I was still interviewing regular people. And so I decided that I'm taking the first week of May, first week of the month, of every month off from interviewing people. So there may not be an interview, or if there's an interview, it's a recorded one. So thank you for being part of the podcast family. Please leave a review, subscribe, give me some thumbs up. If you can hop over to YouTube, you can see the faces behind the voices and you'll be able to subscribe as well. So thank you so much. I hope you really enjoyed this series and I cannot wait to kick off our education series. And most importantly, be blessed and remember, keep chatting.